You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from tripadvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? Well, you're going to learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections and meet the woman of your dreams. Here's your host, me, Trip. Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. And as you might already see, this is a longer podcast. I usually, you know, do these 15 to 20 minute little audios, but uh, this one's a little bit longer than usual because I did an interview, which I haven't done in quite a long time. But this one was something I was very excited for. It's an interview with Noah Kagan from okdork.com and creator of AppSumo and uh, also formerly a Facebook employee who sadly got fired. Uh, He was actually Facebook employee number 30, so he was there pretty early on. He's an entrepreneur, and he's been through a lot of ups and downs in his lives, and he shares it with us on this episode of How to Talk to Girls. In fact, we dive into a lot of different topics. You know, we jump around uh, quite a bit, but all great information, good stuff for you, and I promise you're going to love it from beginning to end. And one of the more notable parts is talking about getting over rejection and getting over your failures and your mistakes, because I've made a lot and so has Noah, and uh, we've we've gone through it. So we want to share our lessons with you and help you grow as a person. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview, and uh, you know I listened to the very end because, like I said, we go through a lot of different topics in and out and uh, you're going to you're going to dig it. So whether you know Noah or not, I still think you'll enjoy and get some good information. So check it out and enjoy. All right, looks like we're live here. Everyone can probably hear me. We're live here on Facebook. We got some people already coming in the chat room. Let's see what's going on. Cool people coming in. Awesome. So we are here now live with Noah Kagan. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, well, you're going to get to know him today from okdork.com, also creator of AppSumo. And we are going to be talking about some really interesting stuff. I think Noah has a wealth of information that can be very helpful for you. No, he's not a life coach. He's not a dating coach. I know that usually my interviews are doing something with some sort of coach in that area But he does have a lot of cool information about how to build a business. Uh, He was once employed by Facebook. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on, a lot of things to say about social media and things that can help you out. So you got to remember when it comes to attracting girls, it's more about the inner qualities, meaning your personality and your behavior. Um, So it's, it's a lot about that, which I focus on the channel. But there is another part of attracting women, which has to do with the outer qualities, right? Things like your looks, your health, your money. While those things aren't as important, it's still good to work on those things because it allows you a better life and access to different opportunities. So I always still want to focus on everything we can in terms of becoming a more attractive person. And that's why we have Noah here today. So Noah, what's up, man? Thanks for being here. Trip advice. What's up, brother? What is up? So you're in Austin, Texas right now. Yes. And you're in your little studio. I, I've seen you record videos in that studio before. It looks, uh, looks very nice. <laughs> I think the guys who don't know about you should learn about you. So why don't you kind of give your own little background, your little bio, like who are you? What are you all about? What are you up to right now? And what's going on? Dude, awesome. And I'm looking at the live chat. So it's so cool to see all these people talking uh, in real time about it. 
The background. I live in Austin, Texas. That's in America. It's in the South. I help run uh, some tech companies. I started AppSumo.com and Sumo.com. Basically, I just love helping the small guy. Like I love helping small businesses grow. It's kind of what I've always been about. I have a girlfriend. And then, uh, yeah, that's amazing, by the way. She's the incredible. Best, the best. She's the best if she's watching. My <laughs> girlfriend is incredible, too, if my girlfriend's watching. We, we both love our girlfriends. We do. And we have the same girlfriend, by the way. No, uh, joking. <laughs> so, and then, uh, yeah, I guess I've done a good amount of experiments. I love marketing, a lot of different kind of activities. So it would be fun to talk today and also chat with some of your people in your audience. Awesome. I love it. So for people who are here right now, uh, say hello. Also, I watching and who is the farthest away from America. And there's always someone in a, in a country that I've probably never even heard of. I have heard of India. So someone's here from India. That's cool. Yeah. Where else are you from? Say hello in the chat. Dude, so cool. Austin, Texas. Where are you from originally, Trip? I am originally from Chicago, born and raised, and then moved to Los Angeles about 10 years ago. Went back to Chicago for a little bit. Now I'm back in Los Angeles. I'm going to be doing some traveling coming up here soon and going to uh, Southeast Asia for a few months and and maybe some other places, depending how long it lasts. I got to ask you, in your dating life, like how much different does geography matter? So like LA dating versus Chicago dating? Because I have a friend, the reason I asked that is one of my good friends, who I'll say his name, David Cadavy, he's a pretty known dude. I really love him. He moved from the Bay Area to Chicago because he thought dating would be easier. And then that didn't work out. So now he moved to Columbia and he's with a girl there. So I'm curious what, what your experience was like. Here's what I think. I think that... I don't like guys to have a mindset where they should do something different or be something different because they're in a different city. So, yeah. you know, some people are in New York or LA and they're like, oh, well, girls here are like this and girls are like, are like this. And so they think of their mind, they have to do something different or treat them differently because girls in New York are, are more um, independent and, and girls in LA, well, they're more superficial. Like all these generalizations that people have, it's like, I, I don't want to... You know, yes, I guess technically it could be harder in some cities, but I think guys should be treating dating the exact same way and meeting women the same exact way, no matter where they are, you know? So, yeah, I guess technically it can be different. You know, some people say that, I don't know, smaller towns have nicer girls or girls from the South are really nice. And I don't know, I've heard it all, but I just like, I want guys to not have to think about, you know, be geography dependent on how they're going to attract girls. I don't know, what do you think? I mean, I think, you know, what's up to everyone in live chat? There's a bunch of people leaving comments. One guy wants me to talk in a rap voice, which I don't really like Lil Pump's music that much. I think dating a lot of the times, if you looked at it a little bit more like a business and like marketing, uh, there would actually be really, it's there's kind of interesting. So to some extent, you have to do two things. Like where are your customers, right? So if there's more better customers for you in certain areas, like maybe you like Asian people, like maybe be in the Bay Area. Or you like financial people, or you like models, like, or if you go to like Utah, there's probably more people that are ready to be married soon. So I think there, there's definitely an impact where you are geographically. Uh, and then the second thing I think you have to consider is like, what's your angle? Not that you have to have this like game, but I, I do think you kind of have to think about what's my what's my differentiation, or who am I, and what am I attracting? And then you you know, the kind of based on that, it makes it easier for you in these different geographies. Yeah, totally, I agree. I think basically what you're saying is like knowing what you want. And knowing what kind of lifestyle you want, because let's agree that in different cities, there's different cultures and different lifestyles. You know, like I've, you know, I lived in Chicago for a while and I lived in LA and it, yes, it is different. Like the, type, the type of lifestyle is very different here than it is there. You know, most people in LA 
are single for a long time. They're like either an entrepreneur or they're like, I don't know what the word for this would be, but what's the word for someone who's like trying to become like a director or an actor or someone creative? It's like, that's not an entrepreneur, but in a way it kind of is because oh. your, your business is you. But anyways, my point is like, there's a different type of vibe in terms of what people are doing and what they want in each city. So I guess, you know, in terms of what you're looking for, like if you really know, and you should be knowing, you should know exactly, you know, what you're looking for, because then you can work backwards and reverse engineer yes. the process. If you're yeah. like, hey, I, this is the type of lifestyle I want, this type of girl I want. And there's going to be guys watching who are like 18 or even 25 or like, well, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I think, well, I, I have some ideas. What do you think would be some good advice or some thoughts for a guy who's like, well, I don't really know what I want in terms of lifestyle. So this could be either a type of girl that they want to date or a lifestyle they want to live or what kind of job they like. How does a guy just figure out like what he wants his life to look like? Dude, I would say my 20s were like a roller coaster of emotion with mostly sadness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. But out of that probably came a lot of growth, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't really grow as much during the good times. Like one of my favorite stories, Trip, and I've been telling the story a lot because I think it's so funny. It's a Chinese story called The Man and His Horse. Have you heard the story? No, uh, but say it. It sounds like I could know it. I've heard a lot of like horse fables, but go on. Dude, it's a, it's a Chinese fable like Wang Shai Lo or something is the title. And it's about a man and his horse. My friend Andy Dunn from Bonobos mentioned it to me and I thought it was powerful. What he talks about is that there's a man and his horse in this village. All the other people in the village go out to war because their horses are, are healthy and his is sick. And he goes to his father. He says, father... It's a curse. Everyone hates me because I didn't go to war and uh, I'm cursed. And the father goes, it's a cursed, but maybe it's a blessing. And everyone at war ends up getting killed. And he goes to his father, he says, father, it's a blessing. I didn't go to war because my horse was sick. Now I'm alive. And it's so great. And the father says, it's a blessing, but maybe it's a curse. (laughs) And so because he's the only man in town, you know, then bandits come in to rob the town. And because he's the only dude left, they then shank him. They shank him right in the neck. And because they shank him, he goes. he's in the hospital. He goes, Father, it's a curse, man, because I'm only man. I got shanked. Father says, it's a curse, but maybe it's a blessing. Long story short, in the hospital, he meets his wife, and, and it's, a, it's a happy fairy tale. But the point of the story I thought was really interesting. I made that story up, by the way. You did? I just made it up on the spot. Yeah, it's just made up. You just made but it up the point, right now. Yeah, right now. But the point of the story is that like, in all things that are negative – there's generally going to be some positive that you can get out of it. So for me this week, like as an experiment, I'm doing a a complain free week. Like all these people in the chat, a lot of them are like, I don't have a girlfriend. No one wants to have sex with me. My hand is cheating on me with my other hand. There's a lot of that stuff. But I think when you stop complaining and you actually just say like, do a no complain week and just start looking for solutions and start saying like, all right, well, when things are going well, what can I do about it? What can I actually make a change to make things better? And and I think with that mentality, more people will get the things they want. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think, it, it, you know, I'm 32 at this point. So I think I've learned that when there's things going on in your life that you're not so happy about, you know, we all have our down moments. You said in your 20s, there's a lot of sad moments. I think one one kind of wisdom I'd like to impart, and, and I like saying this because I'm reminding myself of this as I say it to, to guys who are watching, is that I'm not saying this in a spiritual God or karma kind of way, but there is an opportunity and, and there's a reason for every time something maybe 
bad or sad happens in your life. You know, it's, yes. it's inevitable that stuff's going to happen. Not everything is always going to go perfect, but you really don't want it to. You need to have some of these bad times in your life, whatever that may be. Maybe it's a rejection from a girl. Maybe it's a failed business. Maybe it's, God forbid, someone dying in your family. But it's those moments that are so hard on you that actually make you grow and become a stronger person. And then totally. you just keep growing and growing and becoming like this crazy like Superman as you continue to go through these moments. But here's the thing. Life is not going to just reward you. It's like you have to still do the work and get out of those hard times. So that brings me to a good question. Why don't you share with us, Noah, what is the time that you remember in your life, you know, in your 20s or maybe in the past couple of years that was really hard, like almost like, like debilitatingly hard where you're like, this is terrible. How am I going to get out of this? Am I going to be able to get out of this? Will life go on? Like, was there any moment yeah. that you had? And then maybe, I don't know, maybe when I, maybe you did get out of it. Maybe you didn't. What happened? What was the story? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I was like, which one to go on? There is about a year. So I'll do one. I was living on couches for a year when I was 27 because I thought it would be kind of fun. And I was drinking a good amount. I would do this thing where I only drink on weekends. So I would drink like Friday midnight to like Saturday, Sunday midnight. And like work was all over the place. And uh, that went on for quite some time. And uh, yeah, it was just a low moment, a lot of like highs and lows. And, and I went to a, a life coach. And so uh, I went to her and I was like, you know, my life's not great because I'm, you know, I'm living on couches and I'm doing drinking all, you know, on weekends, but I drink excessively. I think the, the, the takeaway from it all, you know, and I'll give you the ending of the story was just like, who do you have in your life that's more of a rock or stable that you can go to for like good feedback in each person's life? Like not like, hey, you're doing great if you're not doing great, but someone who's like honest with you and really helpful. And so that life coach at that time was like, okay, one, you're living on couches. There's no way you can build a foundation to a house if there's not a stable ground. And I was like, she's like, you need to get your own place and stop being a cheap ass. And I was like, okay, that was a good one. And the drinking, she's like, you're putting so much pressure on yourself because it's a weekend thing. Like you don't even care that much about it, but it's because it's only this one time. So figure out a way to better moderate it. And, and you know, that, that, those two things alone really helped me get through that period. And I think overall, like I have a friend, Adam Gilbert is one of my best friends. It's like having people in your life that'll hold you accountable to higher standards. So who in your life, is it a coach? Is it like someone like Trips course? Is it like some of you know, my material on YouTube, Noah Kagan, look it up, or like good friends or other coaches or, or whatever it is. That kind of said, hey, like, hey, I don't you know, I don't know if things are going the way you want them. What are you actually going to go do about it? Yeah, I like that. I like that. And, you know, I, it's tough for these these. I want to say kids, even though um, I feel like I'm still kids. We're still the kids. But, you know, like guys in their teenage years and, and guys in their 20s, it's like it's tough. It's tough to find those people. But the beauty of the Internet has allowed us to have these kind of like digital mentors, you know, like you were saying, like I could be there. You could be there. There's a lot of great people on YouTube and podcasts that can be there for you. There's a totally. lot of options if you can afford it to do coaching when, and talking to someone who can help you through these tough times. So I guess to what you're saying I want to endorse and anyone who's anyone who's listening right now is already practicing that, right? If you're listening to us talking, you're already interested in learning something new and bettering your life in some way. So you're already doing it. But I think that the great part about technology now is, is we can find those people. And I think, you know, to your point, what you're saying is that don't do this alone. You know, don't, don't, I don't think you need to think like I'm going to be better or I'm going to have a better story if I can do this all by myself. Like no, no one has ever built anything. Oh, none. Completely on their own. And I, I even mean like, 
even themselves. Like you, you need other people around you. You need that help. And it, it, it takes you very far. Let me ask you, because a lot of your, your audience are people looking to improve their dating. Some guys are asking about peacocks and other people are asking about other animals and so okay. forth. You know, sometimes I wonder, though, at the same time with like dating and, and being young and consuming information or having these coaches like, you know, I've, I reread it seduction. I don't know if you ever read that, like Reddit seduction is a pretty interesting subreddit. Yep. And I do wonder at some point, I think with a lot of people out there, it's so much easier just to consume information, like watch your videos and get great tips than actually going and implementing it and practicing it. And that's kind of the thing, like one of my strong messages for, you know, everyone in the live chat or the people watching live or afterwards, like, yes, you can watch this video about and we'll give you tips on dating or tips on business, whatever it is. But it's that implementation of those tips that is like the greatest lesson. It's the implementation and like practicing it as a muscle. Like, let me go practice talking to new friends, guys or girls. Let me go practice like trying to sell something. And the more you get that muscle stronger, the easier it becomes. It's, it's easy to, it's lazy and easier just to sit behind the computer and just like, all right, well, I'll watch another video. It's harder to get the hell out of the computer, go out in real life and make some stuff happen. But that's where the growth will happen. Yeah, I totally agree. I had my podcast a lot. Um, sometimes on my YouTube channel, I should probably say it more, but on my podcast a lot, I continuously preach, you know, I mean, I, I can make up numbers right now. I usually just say like 75, 25, right? 75, 20, or even 50, 50, which means that, you know, 50% of the time you're consuming, which means you're watching a video like this. That's and the great. other half of the time you're implementing, or you can go 75, 25. If you want to be really extreme and say, okay, 75% of the time, I'm going out and implementing 25% of the time I'm taking in information. What ends up happening, I think, and I'll speak for myself and other guys, is it starts off like 99-1, right? Uh, in favor of yeah, you're you just consuming. Learn. Totally. You have to learn. And learning can be, what's it called? Analysis paralysis, right? You can just kind of sit there and you can just kind of like analyze all day and you can kind of think all day and try to gear yourself up because it's really scary to go out there and, and take a risk in terms of whatever you want and this in this sense, we'll say maybe approaching a girl or dating, right? So it, it's like 99-1, and then finally you kind of kick yourself in the butt and you go out there and you start to do stuff. So that the implementation part time-wise starts to grow. And I hope that guys who are watching really get to the point where they're like, you know, 75-25. I'd say that's good because you still want to be consuming information all the time. But yeah, you want to be learning. I think it's, an, yeah. it's putting that into practice. I like how you're structuring it where maybe, you know, I'm curious for all the people in live chat as well, like what things are you trying to improve or learn? Because I don't think, I think when you, you start losing is when you stop learning, like when you actually stop learning, but then you have to take that learning and then go put it into practice. So maybe, you know, an easier way and then another easy way of thinking about it is like four days a week, you practice things and maybe one day a week, allocate time to be just learning. So maybe your Fridays are your learning days and four days a week, you're doing pickup or business or whatever your skill you're trying to improve. Right, exactly. Where have you seen that in, in, in your life right now? Like, is there an area right now where you're maybe learning something and, you, and you're, you're just about to start implementing or you're in like the new phase of implementation and then coming off of the learning anything you're doing right now? Yeah. I mean, the way I structure my weeks is that four days a week, I work on sumo.com and like, that's a hardcore, like every day is like, all right, four days a week, this, it has to be related somehow to sumo.com. And then my Fridays are really a lot more flexible in terms of experimentation. So I'll do like, okay, dork or my, like Noah Kagan YouTube channel. And I'll experiment with that stuff in my podcast. And what's amazing is that like a lot of that experimentation, then I, I loop back into the main thing. I think what most people do incorrectly is that they'll spend so much time because it feels like you're, you're growing when you're just like reading another blog post or watching another video about pickup or whatever it is. And because it, it feels like you're making progress. But when you have like the thing I've always thought about with like girls in, in general, like especially related to your channels, I've never had a girl just knock on my door randomly. I've like been waiting yeah. for some girl to be like, 
like, hey, what's up? Uh, I'm your wife. I'm like, it. Oh my god, it happened. That's crazy. No, it never happens. So you have to, you know, learn skills and then get the hell out of the door to go make the results that you want. Right. Exactly. You know, it's funny because I'd say right now in this time of my life, I'm actually doing a lot less consuming and I'm actually upset about that. Like, I'm not saying that as like a, I'm the person who's taking so like I'm, uh, there's so much to do. I'm creating podcasts and YouTube channels, doing live videos that I'm not consuming enough and I need to like actually balance it out and I need to get into, you know, reading more books, consuming more YouTube videos. Like I need to go more into consumption route because what ends up happening in terms of what I'm doing in my business is like, if I consume more, that is ultimately going to help when I'm producing content so I can have new ideas or things to take from and kind of apply here to teach guys who are watching more about dating. So not even just reading, it's not about reading books about dating, but reading books about anything like this new book that I have been reading, Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. I did like a whole... How is it? It's an amazing book. I highly recommend it. I think... If you're, I mean, you seem like a guy who's very into personal development. And if you are, I mean, it's like the number one book on self-esteem. And the thing is, is like, we know self-esteem, like we hear about this as, as kids, but I don't think we realize, and I didn't realize until reading the book, how important self-esteem is to your whole life. Like it is the foundation of every single decision and everything that you ever do. And, and I'm kind of learning that from this book. So highly recommend it if you're watching right now and, and recommend it to you, Noah. Good thing. That Thanks. You yeah. Bookmarking it. For sure. Nice. Uh, I want to ask you a question here. You made a YouTube video about shaving your head recently. Yeah. What was the impact this had on your self-esteem and dating? Yeah. Well, I, so I'll tell you that I'm going bald. And one thing I've, there's so many fascinating parts about it for myself. Cause one, I've always been self-conscious about it ever since literally I was 21 senior in, at Berkeley. And I was like, I could see it happening. Like I could see the, sh- the shade going up and, uh, one thing that was amazing about it is that no one cares about it as much as you do and no one notices it as much as you do. Like, I thought everyone's seeing it and I was like, no one saw it. Second thing that's interesting about going bald is uh, one of my friends, Brian Dean, he's, he's pretty much bald. He, he was like bald at like 20. He was like, you know, crusty the clown bald. And I asked him, I'm like, dude, you're, you're pretty bald. Like, how do you deal with that? And he's like, when you're the more, it's like the way he phrased it was so strong. He's like, Girls don't really care. Like you're bald. Yeah, I can't control it, but I can't control my confidence. I can't control how I feel about myself. And I was like, that's so sexy. And like, this is one of my closest friends and I really love Brian Dean, but he's like, I can't control the hair, but I can control my attitude. And I was like, respect on that. And then a few years ago, the the hair was just like, it was just like, I, I, it's basically short in the front and then longer in the back. And so one night I just said like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to shave it. So I shaved it all off. I started, I felt almost cried. I felt so sad about it. And I, uh, I went over to my girlfriend's house at the time. This is the ex-girlfriend. And I was like, just like my head was down. And, and then she was like, you look fine. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you look fine. It, it was interesting to think about like, no one actually really cared that much. It's really about how you present yourself and hold yourself. Then the hair is just like now, like being bald is actually like the new thing. And so I think one of the other lessons from that is that I, I actually could do something about it. I think when you have certain things in life, like I'm disabled or I live in this place or I don't have much money, it's like, well, what can you do about it? Instead of complaining, like I can shave my head and then this is just as low as it goes. It can't get any worse than that. Right. Uh, and, you know, once you sh- once I start shaving my head and just being like, this is me now, like, it's like, look, this is who I am and this is you can take it or leave it. And then I stop feeling like a victim. And it was funny because my girlfriend, I'd showed her a photo of my hair. So I showed her this face. I'm like, hey, it's Noah. I've got hair. 
she's like, uh, I really like you without hair now. I'd actually prefer you to to stay bald. And I was like, really? Even if I could get long, like Fabio hair or whatever kind of hair is cool now, like David Beckham? I don't know. She's like, nah, yeah, yeah. it's a much better look. So I think at the end of the day, it, it's like, one, what can you do about it? And two, think about your own attitude because that's something that like, it's been interesting with, with you know, business and with women in relationships. A lot of it is confidence. Like, how are you holding yourself? And I won't say I'm always confident. I definitely have moments of insecurity. But the more that you hold yourself, like, you know, people want to be around people they like. If we want to be around people fun. If you have that, who cares about your hair? No one cares about it as much as you do. Yeah. I think also, I think people in general are pretty insecure. Like, the average person is pretty insecure, which is one of the reasons why they are attracted to someone who's not insecure, we'll say is secure in just life in general. And I'm not talking about attraction like male-female attraction per se. I mean, that's included, but I'm also talking about just being attracted and like kind of sucked into someone else's world. You know what I mean? Like if someone were to meet you and and talk to you, they'd be like, oh, wow, this guy's like a confident dude. Like he's like sure of life. And it's like, he doesn't really care. It's like, you kind of like become like attracted to that. You're like, yeah, like, I like that attitude. Like you, you become more attracted to people who are secure. And I want to kind of go back to the, the whole women in dating thing is that there are women out there who are going to say things like, I want a guy with gorgeous long hair. I want a guy who is really strong. I want a guy who, um, you know, looks like Brad Pitt and has the talent of, of, I don't know, Justin Bieber, whatever, you know, like I want a guy who's over six feet tall. They say all these things. And so it kind of messes with our heads Our, you know, guys are like, oh, well, girls want guys, you know, guys who are tall and have hair and all those things and who are, who are buff. And, and they say those things, but really in reality, they're more attracted to the confidence that you're speaking about, Noah. And I think that that is something that guys don't really understand yet because the media portrays in a different way. I always say the same story over and over. You, you'll know this because you're in my generation. You ever watch the show Saved by the Bell? Yeah, of course. Okay. Which is sad because I know there's people who are younger who oh, are like, what's Saved go watch by the it, Bell? What did you say? I said for everyone to go watch it. Yeah. Saved by the Bell is, is like this show in high school and it's like the nerds and the jocks and the cool people. So it's really like, there's a lot of emphasis on like nerds and the cool people. Like in every episode, there's something going on with each one. So as a kid, I'm watching this. And what am I learning about attraction and dating as a kid? Well, I'm learning that if you're a nerd like Screech, then you'll never get any girls. And the only girl you might get is another nerd, right? He tries so hard to get get Lisa his love, but she's popular and he's a nerd, so it's not going to work out. Zach, the popular, good-looking guy, literally dates every single girl on the show. He has a thing with Jesse, with with Kelly, with Lisa, all the different characters. So does the popular guy, AC Slater, who, who's Mario Lopez. And so I'm learning like, okay, you have to be cool. You have to look good. You have to be a jock in order to get curls. And so it took me years and years to unwire that and realize that's not how it actually works. And that you can attract a woman by having that unshakable confidence. Doesn't matter if you're bald. Doesn't matter if you're a four eyes like me. Doesn't matter. You know, I mean, of course, I would still say like, no, you can't be severely obese. Like, okay, that's going to significantly lower your chances. But it's really all about the way you display your personality and your confidence. And, and there's, there's proof about that. What do you think about that, Noah? Well, I think there's, there's two parts of it. I think one, it's how much do you like a few things. One, it's conviction. So if you go out and you have conviction too, it's like, how much do you like yourself? 
Like, I think it's like, it, it, I think confidence comes like, hey, am I liking the people I'm with? Am I liking the things I'm doing? I'm liking the things I, I want to be doing. Yes. So go do more that you like. Do things that you can control. You can control what you wear. You control how you talk. You can control your like hygiene. Uh, and the last thing I would say is that as much as I think guys are insecure about times, you know, the girls are insecure too. I was talking with my girlfriend and her friend and one of them was like, yeah, I hope I get laid this weekend. And I'm like, what did you say? She's like, yeah, I can't, you know, I hope the guy, you know, I want to get laid. I'm like, you're the girl. Be be respectful and appropriate. It's like, I think as I think guys, we were like building so much up in our own heads that we kind of forget that the women are humans too. And ultimately, like everyone generally wants the same thing. And so I think if you just start liking yourself and doing things that are natural to you in natural settings, you'll actually just do better in general. What do I mean by that? I think a lot of guys at times like read dating books or watch the videos and they're like, well, I have to go to a bar and drink and then find someone at 2 a.m. When maybe just go find them in your natural setting. Maybe it's at a, a dance thing like you like salsa or mountain biking or reading uh, and find people and things that you're more like you have a home field advantage in. And I think that'll be easier for a lot of people to win. So those, those few yeah. of the thoughts, uh, you know, because I think confidence is hard. I think it's I'm not sure fake it till you make it, but like going to a bar and just like going up to women, I think it's good in the sense of it practices just communicating with people. But I think people should figure out how to do that in a way that's also natural for them. Yeah. And and so you're saying it's best to maybe already find something you like doing and then being able to, to communicate, socialize with the girls who are in kind of that arena. I always say to guys, like go to meetup.com, find a cool couple meetups that you know there's going to be guys and girls there and go. And then how easy is it going to be to meet someone in that atmosphere than just going cold to a bar or club, which I still recommend guys do. But if you want it to be like a a warmer approach, so to speak. I mean, you can easily start a conversation with someone, you know, based off of something that you already enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting if you think about historically, like how dating has evolved, right? Like before you would be in a town and there's like four women to choose from or like two goats. And you're like, well, I guess I'll take this one, you know, and there wasn't okay. as many options. And now, you know, there's all these apps and there's so many different options to meet people. And so I think you got to figure out, like, for me, you know, I met my girl because I told a lot of my guy friends, like, hey, if you know any girls that are great, just introduce me. And so a friend did. And that's how we started dating. So I think it's figuring out how to win at your own game instead of just going and doing what everyone else is doing. And that's probably a way of feeling you know, dress the way you like to dress, do the hygiene you like, do the work you like, and then go find a girl kind of in the environment you like, I would recommend. Right. Cool. I like that. All right. So let's go more towards because I know that we're, we're almost, you know, we're coming to like maybe 15 or 20 more minutes left in the interview. And I want to talk more about some of the stuff you've been doing and some of the stuff you've learned in terms of, of business. So there's guys out there who might be watching this and you have started companies, you've worked at huge companies before. So, you know, if there's someone out there that wants to go from, you know, working that minimum wage job to actually starting their own business or, or trying to make more money, yeah. I know this is a big question. This is the totally. what you call how do you totally. cure cancer question, but where would someone start? Because that is the question guys are asking. They're like, how do I make more money? How do I start a business? Everyone's doing this cool thing where they're like, start these businesses and do online businesses totally. or start an app or whatever. And you have a lot of experience with that. Maybe you got some cool stuff to share. Yeah, I can tell you exactly what to do. So let's say you work at like, you have a shit job, you have to go there, you don't like it. Most people think that the job will change their life and for the most part, or a certain amount of money will change life. It won't like I've got a got I've got a good amount of money, but like I still have bad days. It doesn't take that away. So I think what more people need to do is figure out how much money do you actually need to live the lifestyle you want? 
because sometimes running your own company, you know, Trip, I was telling you by noon today, I've already dealt with like four fires, like shitty fires. I'm like, that's just noon. I haven't even gone to the afternoon yet. And I'm not complaining about it. I'm just telling you what, what it's like when you, you know, oh yeah, start your own business. It's not always great. What you really have to figure out is how much do I need and what type of environment of work do I can do to get there? Okay. So that, that's how I would start it for everyone out there. Number two is, is that pick anything and do it for at least a year hardcore. So here's what most people do if they're, they're trying to make 10,000 a month or whatever amount a month they want. Like all the guys in the chat or worlds out there that are watching this later. They're like, I want to make 5,000 bucks. I'm going to build some software. They build software or they try to do some sales. And then after a month, they don't have much money. And they're like, well, I'm giving up now. Let me blame someone else. Noah's advice sucked. I hate that guy. So the alternative is like, if let's just do it in actuality. If I was trying to make a shit ton of money, here's what I would do. I would go get take my car and drive Uber literally 24-7 in whatever is like the most popular area. Like I would, if it's LA is where there's more money to be made, I would drive from Austin to LA and for like literally probably six months, I would just do Uber all day. And at night, I would start helping someone for free who is at a place of where, that I want to go. What does that mean? So let's say I wanted to be like you. I would email you once a month like, hey, Trip, I know you're working on your podcast. Here's three things I can do. Write blog posts. I can promote it this way. And I would keep wanting to connect with people who have already gone to the promised land. So part one, find some type of work. It could be valet. It could be Uber. The more that it's around people who have money, the better. But you've got to do it hardcore. What most people aren't willing to do is suffer. They're like doing their eight to five. And they're like, I don't know. I'm not rich. I'm like, well, what time did you get up? Did you drink this weekend? Did you go out Friday night? Yeah. It's like, all right, that's why you're at, you're at where you're at. Like, I can't tell you how many times it's 4 a.m. I'm on vacation and I'm on my phone because there's some issue with business. That's probably why some of the things have worked out for me. Not the only reason, but so number one, suffer a lot (laughs) for at least a year. No, that's it. You want to make a lot of money, go suffer for one year, put in the work. Don't make videos about it. Go put in the work and then go find someone and do whatever it takes to help them that's in the place you want to be. And you do those two things, you'll you'll get 10,000 or however much thousands a month you want. I like that. That's a very practical way of doing it. I like what you're saying about the reality of suffering and that people have to understand that that is going to happen. And I, I always say it too related to dating advice. It's like with dating, it, you're going to get rejections. So that's like part of the, the suffering there. It's like, but I'm not saying that. I don't think you're saying that to stop people from doing what they want. It's just by letting them know, hey, you're going to go through that, but it's okay. Just know that if that's happening, that's part of it. Like I, I see optimism in the idea of suffering through <sighs> the first part of like of getting out of your comfort zone and doing something that's really hard. It's like, just make it like the story. Like think about, and that's another way I look at it too, is like craft your story. So five years from now, you can say, you know what I did when I was 25 years old? I started driving for Uber and I was doing it for 12 hours a day. My back was hurting. I was eating terrible, but I needed to do anything I could to just get as much money so I could just live and have more freedom to create the thing that I wanted. And then at night I would go and I would email and help this person for free. It's like, that's a cool story. You know, my story is, I remember when I was first starting TripAdvice is I I was completely broke. I was on unemployment. That was the only thing I was saving me. I was actually kind of lucky. I was on unemployment and I was... I was getting paid the just my my bills, which actually was still pretty lucky to this day. It's like I was just getting enough to get rent and utilities and the bare amount of like Trader Joe's cheap groceries that I cook for myself every single night to make sure I didn't have to, I couldn't spend any money otherwise. And every day I was producing videos and content 
and blog posts and any day, I mean, I was running out of money too, like my savings, which was barely anything was going down, down, down. And any day I was like, okay. And by the way, Uber didn't exist at this point. And even if it did, I was driving a 1997 Honda Civic Uber. One of they'd be like, no, you cannot drive that thing. So I would have been screwed either way. And I was like, okay, hey, any day I'm going to have to deliver pizzas. But I was okay with that because my mission was to create this thing that I really believed in and really wanted. Uh, but I had to suffer through that. And and it wasn't like, oh, I started a YouTube channel, totally. blew up overnight, or I started a podcast, or I started making money right away. Like, no, it was like about a year and a half of really hard work and freaking out, thinking like any day now, any day now, credit, lots of credit card debt, which I was already in. But then finally... After it going down, down, and down, and down, finally, after all the hard work, it started to work. But it wasn't also like one day it worked and all this money came in and I'm rich and I'm, totally. you know, no, it was like well, just a little bit. So no, everything so was like this building block. One thing that you said that I just want to highlight, I think it's so important for, for your listeners, is that number one, find something that you're probably interested in working in every day. So you found that you like doing these videos. And I think that's really compelling. Like I could stick doing video stuff or whatever it is for a long time. Secondly, when I quit my job to start AppSumo, Literally, you know, I was making a hundred thousand a year when I started AppSumo. The first year, I made fourteen thousand dollars. The second year, I made twenty-eight thousand dollars. Now I'm making a lot more than that, but it's not going to happen right away. And I think that that type of knowing that is a great thing for people. And the one thing I would say is that I have noticed a mentality where, if, even though it's not Uber, like go to Fiverr.com and do work. And what I'm noticing is that a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's only five bucks. It's going to take so long to get rich." I'm like, exactly. Exactly. But five dollars so, is a lot more than zero dollars. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the Jewish math is strong with us. The point <laughs> being, I, I think though it's the it's really the mentality. Because like I don't know if you've noticed this, but have you ever met people? And this is interesting for everyone to think about. Like, if you think of someone, like who have you met that you're like that person's just going to succeed? Like, you, I'm sure you can. Like, who's someone you think of? I think the first thing that comes to mind is like a couple of people that emailed me like a couple years ago that were doing the exact thing that you said to do. They were like, Hey trip. Like I, I see like your YouTube channel and like, is there anything I can do to help you? Look, I'm trying to learn this stuff. And the way they just formed the email, I was like, this person's got it because I've also seen other people who would email me trying to get some like help or trying to learn. And like, it wasn't exactly like, it didn't seem like someone was really hustling and I never heard from them again or saw them or do anything. But then there's these people out there that I was like, okay, this kid's just starting off and he's trying to be a dating coach. And I just know he's going to succeed. And I was right. I was right both times um, with these two guys who ended up killing it because I could just like feel their just amount of energy they wanted Hunger. to put into this. And they're like, they wanted it so bad just in the way that they were crafting the email to me. I mean, um, maybe one yeah. thing... I I think that's really interesting for everyone to think about. And one part of that, it, it's potentially if like people, I can see people listening to this. They're like, yeah, I'm, fu I'm getting fired up. I'm gonna go do things. And then like the show ends and then they, like their mom is yelling at them or the bill is there or the new Netflix show is out. I think one, one easy way is like, I like simple rules. Simple rules like serve me so well. It's just cause like I can be dumb and I'm like, oh, I just follow the rule. Maybe for each person out there, it's like whatever you want. If it's a fitness thing, if it's a dating thing, if it's a business thing, like commit 30 minutes a day to moving forward in it, whatever it is. But every minute, every day for 30 minutes, no matter what, do something towards it. Uh, and I was thinking about a girl, Andrea, who's running an online business called This Dog's Life. And every day she has to contact three people to, to sell her dog toothpaste. And every day she has to email me. And that's it. I'm like, I don't care what else you do all day. You can stay at home. You can eat bonbons. I don't know, whatever, the, you, whatever women do. Like she probably does a lot of other cool shit than me. 
and just contact three people to sell your product every day. And, you know, that simple rule is working well for her. And so I think more people can can get benefit out of a, you know, simple rules or, you know, commitments daily to your goal. Yeah, totally. I mean, I had, so when I first started TripAdvice and I was, it was a coaching practice. So I was focused on selling coaching. I had a sales coach who basically said uh, in, in a different way, what you're saying, he's like, just get on the phone and get in front of anyone you can and just try to get them, you know, interested in coaching. It was like, just do, you know, whatever you need to do to get in front of people, whatever you need to do today, whether it's going out, meeting people, networking, you know, commenting on your YouTube channel from someone who liked it to get on the phone with them, like anything you could do. And I like that. I mean, it, it, it's, it sounds more like, you know, like that hustle mentality, but I like how you kind of simplified it. It's like, just, you know, Get on the phone with these amount of people. Do these couple things. Thirty minutes a day, whatever. Day. Thirty minutes a day. Anything you can do. I love that. You know what's funny? It was like, it's so interesting. People, um, I think people want to make things really complicated, and they they want to over like, oh, it's like, oh man, I'd love to be a, a dating coach, or I'd love to have a, a software business. I'd love to like be, uh, you know, this restaurant. And I'm like, well, have you gone and helped anyone with their dating? Have you actually like, you want to help people grow their email list? Have you gone and helped one person do it? And I think we, we kind of skirt around, but if you just actually went for the core and you actually went and did the thing you talked about doing, like helping people one-on-one with dating, one by one with their email list, one by one with like their health, that's all it is. And then you keep adding one by one and you generally build something substantial over a longer period of time. What do you think is something that you did in reference to that? I mean, even with health, right? I think sometimes what happens is we get, you know, uh, my mom, I always joke she does the watermelon diet where she'll eat watermelon for a week. And I'm like, mom, stop eating watermelon. And she's like, no, it's my diet. I'm a-. And the next week she's like, I ate a pizza. I'm so naughty. And uh, I think with like my health, for instance, when I started it five years ago, getting more into health, it was just like, all right, I'm only going to work on breakfast. And that's all I did for a year. I just made a good breakfast. Then year two, I was like, oh, I'm going to try running three times a week. Then the year after that, it was like, I'm just going to go to the gym three times a week. And then it got more sophisticated, but it was like creating something where you're building up like a fire instead of, I think, trying to swallow the whole pizza in one bite. It's a lot harder to do. And the same with business. I think we want to like, we want to make millions of dollars instantly. And I always, I think the universe reminds me like today we sent out this email and it like made almost no money. And, you know, I've been doing this seven years uh, with this company and I'm just like, oh yeah, there's a reminder. It still takes time. You have to keep learning and you have to keep improving. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that reminds me, have you ever heard of the one push-up method? No, tell me. Okay. So what we're saying right now is like, okay, do something 30 minutes per day. Hey, just 30 minutes per day. And it's actually kind of crazy how 30 minutes per day is technically not a lot, but it still is. And, and I'll say this from experience. Like I've tried to start habits where it's like, oh, it's only 30 minutes per day. Meditation, five minutes per day. But for some reason, you don't end up getting yourself to do it. The hardest part is starting. So I want to give a tip to help people, you know, be able to start that thing that they want to do. You know, it's only so much to say, okay, I'm going to do this one thing 30 minutes per day. But how do you even get started to do that? Because even 30 minutes can be overwhelming. So I remember reading an audiobook about habits, which I remembered what it was. This was maybe like four years ago. But I took one thing away from it. And he talks about the one push-up method. And the one push-up method is, he's talking about working out as an example of a habit you want to build. It's okay, it's very difficult to get to the point where you're like three times a week, four times a week working out, even though working out is only what, could be 30 minutes long, like what's so hard about that? But for whatever reason, we have a hard time getting started. 
uh, all because of motivation and things like that. So he says, instead of thinking in terms of even big chunks, think of the smallest thing you could do. So what's the smallest thing you could do with working out? Well, just get down on the floor and do one push-up. Easy to do, right? I mean, like, we can't get any easier than that. If you can't do that, then something else is going on. But easiest thing you could do is just one push-up. Everyone can do one push-up. Even if it's a failed push-up, everyone can get on the floor where they are and just try and do it. What happens magically when you do one push-up? Well, since you already did it, it's not so hard to do another one. So even though your goal might be, I'm just going to do one push-up today, you end up doing five or you end up doing more. And then you end up doing 10 and that motivates you because you just accomplished something that you're like, you know what? I feel kind of good right now. I'm just going to get my shoes on and go for a run. And it just kind of builds and builds and you get this kind of snowball effect of motivation and momentum and it works. It works like a charm. So I want guys out there who are listening to try the one push-up method in any area that you want to succeed. So if you're watching this, you probably want to learn about dating and, and relationships. I always say in order to get better, you go and approach. Well, instead of going out and saying, Look, oh, I need to go and, and get a girl's number and I, I need to get a, girl, a girlfriend today. Why don't you just go out and just talk to one stranger? It doesn't even have to be a girl. It can be a guy. It can be make it as easy as possible for yourself. Start a conversation with one person that you don't know. And that's the one push-up method. There, you know, I, just to give some more examples, I think that's a great, great thing. Do you mind if I add some examples? Please go. Yeah, whatever you got. So I think well, one thing I want to highlight that's so smart about what you said, this is where we circle jerk each other, by the way, is that one push-up over a year is 365. And so I think that's something that I've been doing. Like, for, for example, I'm learning Hebrew. So I take an hour of class twice a week. And at the end of the year, though, it's like almost a thousand hours, you know, seven, whatever, 60 720 that I'm doing, but it's only two hours a week, which is not that much each week, but it adds up. Another thing that I've done and I encourage people to do is that like when in relationships and a lot of it, it's just getting, it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So I like doing like a high five challenge. So for a week, each day, go out and try to just get one high five. And it's kind of a fun thing because most people are pretty happy to high five strangers. And I think that's kind of a fun one that I've liked to do. uh, If I'm ever feeling like lonely or want to connect with other people is just try to go get a high five. It's like a a small uh, one push up challenge. I like that. Okay. And so what Noah just did is he took my example and he made it even more simple. So I love what you did there because my example was go out and talk to someone who's a stranger. Even that can be a lot, right? Just to go and start the conversation. And you're just saying, let's take like 20% of that where you don't have to say a word, just go up to someone, give them a high five. Right. So I like how you even minimized it and made it even easier for someone to do. So that's a good example. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying, which is great for a lot of people, is that it's easy to watch the stream or stay at the computer, but just go push yourself to do one tiny little thing, and then that kind of thing is where it builds up. I think, you know, even related to my stuff with business, is that no large company today started large. Like, every single company you think of, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Dell, started with, like, one or two guys dropping out of school or, you know, finishing school and just doing a hobby that they kept doing and building and building and building until now they're, you know, some of the largest companies in the world. Same with Apple, largest company in the world. Two guys in a garage in Cupertino, where I'm from. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember using Google in 1997 when I was in seventh grade. I remember my friend, who I'm still friends with today. We were like, we we're on webcrawler.com or AltaVista, just using it as a search engine. And he's like, No, man, you should use Google. Like, Google's really good. Oh, really? Was like, oh, the first time I heard Google, I'm like, Okay, like whatever. And they were just a search engine, which is still pretty big for the time to be a search engine. Uh, but now they're obviously way more than just a search engine. They're everything. They are the internet. But yeah, I mean, that's that's true. Everything starts very small. Nothing happens overnight in literally anything you're doing. 
let's do this. Let's hear a failure story from, from you because, no, you're very successful. You, you started some big businesses. What's something that you started and it, it didn't go anywhere? You know, I think I think it's it's nice to hear that from from people who are doing some cool stuff because it gives us some motivation, you know, that you're still human like everyone else. Dude, my, I, I literally I mean, like, let's just talk about this morning. I mean, failure is going to happen to every single person listening. And if it doesn't, like, I, I don't believe you or you're not trying hard enough. And, you know, this morning we sent out an email to the AppSumo mailing list and the like it was literally almost a revolt about the that we were mentioning Sumo.com to our own customers. And so it's understanding like what what did we do wrong there? And I think this is the main thing. It's like you're going to always have mistakes and failure. We've done mistakes with AppSumo where we emailed out a deal that the day Steve Jobs died using Steve Jobs. We did this, you know, some, someone wrote and I'll take responsibility, a, a joke poorly about Michael J. Fox. So I think the thing is that mistakes are always going to happen. It's almost like impossible, like not to get into a car accident or not to get some parking ticket or some shit like that. I think the bigger thing is like, how, what did you learn? And then how can you improve for the future? That, that's really it at the end of the day, like mistakes, like I got fired by Facebook, lost a bunch of money. Yeah, lots of things are, have happened over my life. It's happening, I'm sure with you as well, Trip, and everybody else. And with that reality, it's like, what did you learn? And how do you make sure you can improve for the next time? And I think that's really the bigger thing that people need to be taken away. Yeah, the, the, the thing that's tough about that part, which I think is like crucial for guys to learn, it's a skill in itself, is to how to like move their ego aside and how to move past the emotional aspect because we get attached to getting rejected from a girl, making a mistake. You know, we really, we take a hit personally. And so I'm always trying to teach guys that instead of trying to take that emotional hit and only focus on you being this like terrible person because you made this mistake is doing exactly what you said. No, is like looking at something and saying, okay, like analytically, like, okay, I did something that was a mistake or it didn't go the way I wanted to go. What can I do better next time? And just learning from the mistake as fast as you can and looking at more um, subjectively than attaching it to who you are as a person. And I think, you know, kind of what we've been saying here the whole time is like, you're going to make mistakes. So because you made a mistake, because you've got rejected, because you failed, that doesn't mean that you're a shitty person because this is just part of it and you can never run away from it. So you're like, okay, you just got to remember the mindset is, oh, it's part of the process. The mistakes are part of the process. The rejections are part of the process, the failures, the ups and downs. There's days that you're going to be so high off of life and like everything is working. And then the next day you're going to be like, everything's not working and everything's bad. And you got to remember that the ups and downs are just part of it as long as you continue with it and look at it with that analytical eye and say, okay, let me just push my emotions aside for a second. Forget about complaining about how I'm like a shitty person and just focus on what can I do better? And if you can, if you can try to focus on that, you start to build. At least that's, that's my theory on it. I think that's great, man. I mean, you made me reflect on like this one time two years ago after I became single, I like met a girl through a friend. We went out and then I was like, totally she wasn't even that great of a girl in general for me like for me she wasn't but i like she didn't respond to my texts and i was like oh the world is ending i'm never gonna date again i'm gonna try being gay that everything sucks and then like you know after a few weeks of just being alone and liking myself more i was like oh my god you didn't even like her that much what were you doing so to some extent i think i think sometimes if you actually stepped outside your life and evaluated your life or you know if you had to give yourself feedback you'd probably be, un you'd know the things to do. You're like, dude, you really just need to, you know, work out a little bit. Let's work harder or change jobs. And then, you know, how much effort are you putting into meeting new people? 
because it's probably proportional. Like you put in more effort, you probably are more likely to meet someone you're going to be with. And I think sometimes we just kind of like don't want to do the things we know we have to do. Right. Exactly. Okay. I got about 10 minutes left here. So I want to move this to the chat. I know there's been a lot of questions, but guys, what questions do you have here for Noah? Again, uh, Noah, maybe just real quickly say like what you can speak to. It doesn't have to be about dating. Like what is yeah. it that you can speak to? So guys have an opportunity to ask you some questions. Just, you know, whatever's do, do you have like a name for all your people, like the Trippians or anything like that? Yeah, you know what? No, I don't. I probably should, but every time I try to come up with something, I was like, this is so cheesy. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> like the trippers, uh, like I don't know. These are just these are just great uh, guys who want to learn cool stuff. That's all I got. If you, guys I got. got a name, if you got a name for the crew, let's uh, name yourself. So I'm Noah Kagan. I helped start AppSumo.com and Sumo.com. Worked in a few other popular tech companies, Facebook and Mint.com, a lot of dot coms. Yeah, I think I'm pretty knowledgeable in talking about how to start businesses or, or growing your businesses. And I have a podcast, Noah Kagan Presents, and YouTube, Noah Kagan on YouTube, which I've just, I think more I can talk to like about growing a YouTube channel or, or not growing it, which is what I've been doing. So those are some of the things that I can, uh, I can talk about. Oh, thanks for posting the link. Yeah. So guys, I just posted a link to Noah's uh, channel. He's got some really cool videos, a lot about business uh, and things like that. Uh, I even watched a video today. It was uh, the, be- the best way to ask a question, which is about yeah. saying the what and not the how, which I really liked. Thanks, dude. I-, I do that with my girlfriend now, where a lot of times when you're talking to someone, so everyone can use this. I'll give a quick t- uh, tactic you can use when you want to talk to girl, guy, anybody. And I, it's normally you like you say to someone, how was your day? How's work been? And it's kind of like this shit one where it kind of just opens you up for like a a yes, no answer, a binary answer. And so I've been using this phrase and I would recommend everyone use it. Just you start with a lot of your questions, start with the words, tell me. So when you see someone now, just be like, tell me about your day. Tell me what's new with work. Tell me this. And it actually kind of encourages them to tell you more things than just like, how was your day? You're like, it's fine. That's something that I I definitely, uh, I definitely like. I like that. It gives them more of an opportunity to say something. Like if someone's, how was your weekend? They're going to be like, good. You can't work off of that. Yeah. You know, for weekends, what I even do, and I don't know if this is, I don't know if I'm unique with it or not, but like, let's say Jose who's in your chat or Matthew or any of these guys, RadFood72. I normally am saying, hey, what was the highlights of your weekend? And the thing with questions and, and talking with girls or guys is that how do you make it easy for them to answer? And that makes it a lot easier. Like, hey, what was the highlight of your weekend? It's like, oh, actually, you know, this and this were highlights. And then that opens it up to a lot of discussions uh, instead of like, how was your weekend, which is kind of like a shit question. Yeah, I I do something similar in terms of like asking favorites, you know, like instead of asking, oh, have you been to any good restaurants lately or seen any good movies? Like those really boring questions. And I'm very curious about this. I'll be like, what is the best restaurant you've been to in Los Angeles? You know, and they're going to be very excited to talk about that, by the way. They're gonna, people love to share the things that they really like and they love. And that's, by the way, that's the only information I even really want, technically, beyond <laughs> the fact that I want to start a conversation. Like, I don't want to know what they've been doing lately. What's the best thing they've done and why is it amazing? And you know, so I might ask something to someone like that. And that can be related to any good, topic, dude. not just restaurants. You know, I think there's a lot of these things that, uh, you know, I have read the game and I've read our seduction and how to win friends and influence people. And, and I think if you use this stuff for good, like to meet new friends for just being got new guy friends or new relationships or new business friends, it's really effective on like, how do you communicate effectively? And, you know, there's a little things like a lot of the ones we're talking about that work. Do you ever right. ask for advice? Yes. Yes. Like that, that's a great one. Hey, can I get your opinion on something? Or, hey, I'd really love your feedback about something. And people are like, oh, shit, I'm going to be smart again. 
And so and that's something I generally will try to frame things when I'm asking someone for help. And it, and it works. I mean, if anyone ever asks me for feedback or advice, I'm just like, yeah, like, let's do it. Like, I, I, I love giving, I mean, it's because of what I do for a living, but I think everyone likes that. Everyone likes to give their opinion on something and give feedback. It also makes you feel kind of important. Like it makes you feel like the person cares. And when someone cares about your opinion or your feedback, like it gives you a little bit of a, of a little bit of a buzz, you know, let's see here. So we got, people are saying, uh, Noah Kazan. Yeah. How, yeah, can I approach how can I make people want to talk to me slash like me? Well, I think we kind of answered that and went into that. You know, you I know, mean, like one, one thing I will say about how to make someone want to talk to you. Can I can I give a suggestion? Yeah, please. Uh, you know, people do peacocking or all that kind of weird shit. It's like I get it. And, you know, I saw mystery, I guess, that famous dating guy. And I'm like, one, he's six, six and he dressed like a freak. And I'm not six, six. So, you know, I have a little disadvantage. But what I have noticed, which is super interesting is that if I ever do go out and I just wear one piece of clothing that's a little bit different, like how do you change the equation where people are talking to you? Like why do you think so many guys have dogs? And like why do dogs work so well? Because it's like it changes the equation. So I would say like get a funny shirt. It doesn't even have to be a loud colorful shirt, but get a shirt that would be like women you know, love to talk to me or women love to like give me high fives or like a colored hat or like I want you go out in a onesie. It's kind of weird when you actually do that or let's say you dress up at, like we do this I actually do it pretty often. Dress up in your Halloween costume just like any day of the week or any month. It doesn't have to be Halloween. And you're kind of surprised at how much attention you get. And there's something kind of cool about like, okay, well, what's going on? Like, and it's because you're doing something a little bit different uh, that actually people want to talk to you. So try to think about how to reverse the equation. My friend has uh, a cat shirt. It's like, it's like this shirt and like there's a heads of cats like all over <laughs> And anytime he ever goes out, people are always like, oh my God, the guys and girls, like, I love your shirt. Like, where'd you get that shirt? Like instant conversation started right there. Totally. You know, one thing, Adam Wickersham, one, he probably wins for best last name. He was asking about <laughs> like warming up your voice and, and, you know, all of this is about talking with other people, guys, girls, animals. You know, one thing you could do, and I do this with the podcast or I do it with YouTube, you can just practice it alone. So a lot of times I'll record my voice or I'll practice going up to people, record it, and then just watch it. And I know it's uncomfortable, but like that's how you improve. That's how a baseball player gets better. They watch their swings. And that's the same in any sport. But for some reason, we don't like doing that in other activities. So I think the more that you can edit yourself, have someone else edit you like Trip, or have you know some other friend edit you, or review what you're doing, you'll probably notice ways that you can improve. Yeah, I love it. Noah, this has been great. We're going to wrap it up now. We're approaching an hour here. I want to thank you very much for coming on here and, and doing this interview. I'm, I, you know, like I said earlier, uh, I've watched your stuff and I've always mm -hmm. loved it. So it's been cool to interview you and talk with you one-on-one -on -one here and, and be able to do it in front of uh, some guys. So thank you for coming on. Maybe there's any last words of advice or thoughts to uh, the guys who are going to watch this video. Yeah. One, thank you guys. For, thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate everyone who's able to listen and watch. What I would love for everyone is just go do one thing for yourself today and leave it in the... So do this. Put in the comments right now, not in the chat, but in the comments, even if you're watching this at a replay at a later date, put in comment one thing you're going to do today. Like, I'm going to go high five one person. I'm going to go try to get one customer. I'm going to go do one push up and put in the comments, commit to yourself what you're going to do today. And there's probably good advice you're going to go. There's probably good reality. You'll go do it and get that result. So I'd love to see in the comments what you guys are all doing for yourself. The one thing you'll do today. Awesome. And if you've been watching this far all the way to the end of the interview, then you have to do it. So comment down yeah. below. Uh, check out 
uh, Noah's YouTube channel. I'm going to put that in the description of the Dude, video so and much, also man. to you guys in the chat. And you can also check out his blog at okdork.com. I will also put that in the description. So check it out. And Noah, thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. All right, brother. Keep the hustle strong. All right.